Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Hi, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Ashley here. I feel like I just had like a little bit more pep in my chat there than I expected because in my brain, I'm just like, I need coffee. I just, I, I need a bit more of an energy boost right now. Um, we are going through these nights currently with Adia. Um, perhaps this can resonate with someone listening, but uh, we are going through the mama monster phase. It's like a 4 a.m. bang on time. She starts screaming. I start running. And um, yeah, so just feel like by the end of the week or whatever, I am just like middle of the week, beginning of the week, really any day. I just feel like I and potentially losing my shit. Um, it actually makes me then think about my chat with Nikki Shields last week. And we were talking about how you just have to keep on pulling the hair back tight. Like I just need about six elastic bands in my hair right now to give me a refresh, relift up and back so um, I can take on the day. So um, I'm going to muster up my excitement because today um, I am going to be welcoming onto the Busy Mumsy podcast um, a friend of mine, Cynthia Link. And we have not had a proper chat, I'm not going to lie, in a couple of years. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Um, perhaps with, you know, Instagram or whatnot, you might get a DM here, there, and a hi, how are you? Um, I hope you're well. But we have not really chatted. So she and I have shared the Broadway stage together in the show Big Fish. It was glorious and beautiful. And she and I were both swings in the show and um, we worked our tails off and we worked our tails off and the show did not run that long. And I tell you what, to live in the world of constantly being either replaced or the show is over kids, um, that kind of world is, it, it can wear and tear on you. So she actually transitioned um, when she and her husband, Keith, moved over to Cali and um, they had a, a baby girl. I can't wait to hear all about her. Um, maybe I'll get to meet her. I don't even know. Um, but she has created her own kind of like fitness, like online fitness workouts, and but she is a health coach, which is one thing that she, I know she is like loving and she's like really showing like it off on her Instagram account where she believes that working out is just like a part of living a healthy lifestyle. But when it's paired with healthy and whole balanced diet, then like huge things happen and they changed. And I just feel like this is a great time for her to come on the show because we're just nearing the holidays and like that can like make anyone anxious, right? With like all of the preparation and whatnot, but like also like just internally of like, how am I going to handle the holidays and going in and kind of like 
staying kind of healthy choices and maybe not so healthy choices. Trust me, mama loves a block of cheese here, but you know, finding the balance. And I think that the balance is really what is key to actually get through a successful day with your kids. So um, with that said, let's welcome Cynthia Link onto the Busy Mumsy podcast. Cynthia Link, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. <laughs> Hi. I had to come in singing with my best vocals, darling, for the listeners. Uh, Cynthia and I go back to the good old Broadway. Thank you. Way back. Way, way back. It makes us sound very old, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, just old. Like, I mean, I, I, I could actually go with a new hip replacement. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, yeah. I'm in that, I'm, I'm in that department with, with Branks. With I, mean, I hear you. I um I have a new knee, well, a newish knee. So, you know, like just new body parts. It's cool. New body parts and a new child. A new Hello. Child. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Here on the Busy Mumsy podcast, we like to talk about our kids. Yeah. You, you have a gorgeous little girl named Sienna. Yes. Yeah. Sienna, she's just 19 months. She is a full out pandemic baby. Um, we got pregnant um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, and she was born in February of 21. So, wait, wait, what? What is her birthday? <laughs> February 17th. Ah, so um, Adia's is uh, February 20th. Oh my goodness! Wow, they're three days apart. Look at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was t- so 2020, Adia was born um, uh, via cesarean, elected. Oh my, my hands were up. My hands were up. I said, "Let's schedule this bad boy." I'm, I'm a planner. Let me walk to the hospital. Let me get yeah. this all done and sorted. And so I, I was lucky to be able to do that. And did yeah. you do the same? No, I was induced. You're but induced. I also I also knew like she was like, I went to the doctor and she was like, your blood pressure is a little bit high. I usually run low. And so it was high ish. Um, and she was like, meet me at the hospital three o'clock. We're going to get this baby out. And I I I delivered her vaginally, which was um, which was great. So, I mean, there's no right way to do it. There's no like better way. I do not subscribe to that at all, but that's how she decided to come. So I love that. Well, let's go back. And and for the listeners, don't worry. We're not just going to talk about Broadway the entire time because there is more to life. than (laughs) I actually want to go back because this does kind of tie into the world that we were kind of, we grew up in and how we were raised and how we were trained. When was your like aha moment of I want to have a child because it doesn't really fit in with the business. No. Are you asking like when I was ready to actually do it? Or or were you like in in your teens going, gosh, I really cannot wait to have a child because there are people and I I love these people. They want to, they, they know as a teenager, I cannot wait to have a child. And they were put on this earth to procreate six, seven children. And I love them for it. Where, when was your kind of like Cynthia Link is ready to rock and roll? I always knew I wanted to have a baby at some point. Like I always saw my future with a, with a child. Um, But I didn't even like consider it until at least 30. And then I was like, no, my career, no, my career, no, my career. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, well, nothing else is happening. I guess we should do this thing. Um, And also, you know, there, there was a lot of, um, thoughts around we lost a friend and there was a lot of thoughts around like life is short we want to do this we don't know how long it's going to take us um so 
pandemic was when I was like, I'm fully ready, but like, I always knew I wanted it, but career always came first for me. It was just always Broadway, 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 go, go, go. Like, that's what I knew I wanted to do when I was little. Like when I was five, I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. I wasn't like, I want to have a huge family. I can't imagine my life without her. It's so much better. You Isn't know? it so, crazy? Like what, what did we do before that? I, I have no idea. I can't even remember. I really can't. Like, yeah. what is life not waking up at 7, 8, 6, 37 a.m.? Like, I don't know. I'll ho- ho- One day I'll know, maybe. But Well, well one th- what, not only did you have a child during the pandemic, you also decided to kind of start your own business, your own, yeah. your own career. I would love for you to share with the Busy Mumsies a bit more about what you started while you were expecting Sienna. Yeah. So I always taught fitness um, kind of on the side as a side gig when I was doing Broadway. Um, And then a couple of people asked me to teach classes during the pandemic. So I started teaching and then people started coming and more people shared on Instagram. And so people started showing up and I was like, oh, this is a thing. Um, But I never passion, passion, fitness was never my number one passion. And you know this about me, Ash, but I've always been very into nutrition. Um, I got my certification. I went to Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a holistic health coach in 2013. And I always did that on the side as well. Um, And knew that like helping people in that way, discovering, you know, why they're experiencing certain symptoms or why they're experiencing weight gain or healing relationship with food. Um, Body image is a huge thing I deal with, um, dealt with personally and also with my clients. And I was like, I think this is where I really want to focus my energy. So I started taking private clients again um, for nutrition coaching and it just kind of started catching on too. Um, And then I want to say in the last year after I felt comfortable um, not being like, I was like full stay at home mom for at least seven months. I didn't work at all, which was nice. Um, And then after that, I was like, you know what? I really want to like dive into my business um, and start this thing. And I did. And now it's like, I've got a group program. Um, I take one-on-one clients and I really, essentially I help women, busy moms, a lot of busy moms. um, I help women figure out the root causes of their inflammation, heal their relationships with food. We want to never diet again. Like diet is like, And figure out a sustainable lifestyle. I want my clients and and women all over, any woman, to know how their body works, what's going to make them feel good, what's going to make them thrive. And also for my our moms out there, like you're not gonna be you're never gonna be first, but I help you fit yourself into the equation. You gotta put yourself somewhere in that equation, not gonna be first, but really learning how to take a little bit for yourself, um, really makes huge strides in, in, in the whole body. Um, so that's a long winded way of saying how I help people. Well, you know what I know, and I appreciate you sharing all of that, but I actually, you touched on something very early on into what you were talking about of your own personal struggles. Yeah. As women, we put armors up and we, we have these struggles of, body image and what you see in the mirror is really what you're not feeling inside. And like I, and I have done it, my hands are up. I've looked at myself and I thought that I was ginormous and not worthy. And, you know, and probably that stems from all the rejection that I personally went through throughout my career. I had a great career. I had a shit career. It it was like a big old roller coaster, like most actors. Um, So touching back on how you dealt with your body image and then 
starting a business and learning more, how did you then approach becoming pregnant mm. and taking what you learned from your, you know, your nutrition studies and what you're trying to preach? How did you instill that on your body? Because I'm sorry, it can be so different. And it's so hard. It's, I could tell someone to do this, that, and the other. And I'll, I literally could walk away from it and go, why did it, why, why don't I tell myself that? And why don't I do that? Because friend, we're so good at giving advice. I, I can dish it out all the time, but like taking it sometimes is really, really difficult. Um, I did, I have done a lot of work on myself and my self body image and healing my relationship with food. I mean, I'll be like fully transparent when I was doing Broadway, I was really mean to myself. Um, I was never thin enough. I was never enough. Um, it was really toxic. And I only realized that since I've left, since I was like, I'm done with that chapter. I don't need to be in a leotard and tights anymore, dancing around a room, um, or like on stage. I mean, we're, that was always what, you and I were, you know, we were like the showgirls and it, it really wasn't good for my mental health. And I realize that now. Um, and so I did a lot of work before I was pregnant on like healing that relationship and realizing like, I am not just my physicality. It has to be more. I am a smart person. I am a worthy person. Um, my body deserves food and fuel and really flipping the narrative about how I spoke to myself and how I presented myself to other people was really helpful that was really hard for me to do when I was pregnant because it is, they make it so much about your weight. And I try so hard to not make anything about my weight, like in my program. With my clients. Because, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in for one second and say, yeah, I actually, when they weighed me, I turned around. Me too. I actually said to them, you are not allowed to tell me any number that is on, on the scale, whatever. I want you to just tell me you're great. And that's it. If I am in a, a bad, bad space, a bad number, I'm, I'm near, like uh, I might have gestational diabetes. I need to like change this, that, and the other I'll do it. But other than that, you, you don't speak a tone to me about a number. I don't want to know me too. I, um, I turned around. I told them not to tell me and friends, if you are pregnant and going to the doctor or not pregnant and going to the doctor, you can tell them, mm-hmm. I don't want you to tell me what that number is. It's triggering for me. And they have to respect well, I- Yeah. I have, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I went to the doctor and they told me, I'm like, you have the power. And I think that's what it's about right now. It's about taking our power back as far as, you know, taking the power back from society and how they perceive women. Um, It's about, you know, making, taking your power back when you go out to eat, how do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? Like you can tell them I want it this way or this way or this way. It's like getting a little bit selfish about ourselves and being like, that's going to make me spiral if I know what that stupid machine tells me. So I'm going to turn around and thank you so much for not telling me. Um, but I will be completely honest. It was really hard for me um, to like slowly go from one size to the next size and, 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 and lose my, my sense of self because when you're pregnant, it's not your body. Um, when you're nursing, it's not totally your body. It's like you, you know, you just give it up for so long and, it's you, really you also grew an organ. Can we just talk yeah. about the fact that you also had a placenta? Like, like you also you have to do like, not only did like organ shift and your diaphragm is like in like up in your throat, but like there's so many moving parts that the, the part about grace gets swept under the rug. Yes. And what what I want to understand that you instill in your clients, not not they don't have to be expecting, but how is it that you approach this to get through the day from day one of 
having that mindset of like, I'm not worthy. I, I can't do this to, you know what? I can make simple changes. I can write things down. I, I could maybe swap this. I, cause I know I'm leading into, cause you're so you're genius at this and I love it on your Instagram. She does like, if you don't like this, it tra- like Trader Joe's is my jam, but if you can't get there, go here and try this. And like yeah. you show products and how to read the labels. And that yeah. is such an important key to know that knowledge about labels. Right. Um, I am so into replacing things. So if we are eating something, my whole thing is like, everybody has some sort of inflammation in their body. It can show up in a number of ways. Um, it can show up in um, bloating, digestive issues, not just like brain fog, um, a whole host of ways, weight gain. And when we are eating certain things that our body doesn't love, we need to figure out what those are, the highest inflammatory foods, this is how I work, and swap them out. So here's the thing, guys, we can't go around arbitrarily cutting foods. That is insane. We can't do that. What we have to do is crowd them out and bring in better foods. I like to be say, let's get bougie about our bodies. Let's get bougie about what you put in your body, right? You're not going to put like a face mask or like a cream on your body. That's not like super nice, right? So why are you putting food in your body? That's not supporting you. So let's get bougie about it. Let's bring, do you like, you love that? Let's oh, bring I it. Love that. I honestly, like, I, I want to just like, try to like bottle that up and say that every day. I, want to be bougie. I, I, I think we should all like everyone listening to the busy mumsy podcast, say it three times. I want to be bougie in my body. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like, yeah. Doesn't it feel good? It takes your power back though. So by bringing in foods that are super supportive, that are made with better ingredients that are going to replace, like if you're eating something, maybe you're eating like regular pasta, regular pasta is not a bad food. There's no such thing as a bad food, but, but maybe you want to bring in something that's a little bit more supportive, like a quinoa brown rice pasta or a chickpea pasta or something that has a little bit more nutrient density. So when you start doing that, you start taking care of yourself better, which then says, oh my God, I deserve this, which then says, wow, I feel really good in my skin right now. My body is responding to this. I feel good, which then in turn says, I can do this. I deserve this. It is all about making small choices, flipping your narrative about what you deserve, who you are, and what kind of things that you're putting into your body, on your body, telling your body. It all reflects. So when you start doing that, I see huge transformational changes in mindset just by saying, I am worth it. Just by going to a a workout class saying, I am worth it, right? When somebody goes to your class, when you say, I am worth it, when you join a program or you're like, I am worth it. I am going to Whole Foods or whatever your health food store is. And I'm going to get some produce, fresh produce for myself. That's telling yourself that you are worth it. And small changes towards that make huge changes. Well, I have to say that investing in yourself, I, I feel like there should be no price tag on it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we are living in a time that recession yeah. and we've gone through two years of a pandemic and we still don't, we're not, I mean, we haven't even, I don't feel we've even hit like that rock bottom moment of like how it has impacted businesses and families and, you know, everything. So with that said, eating healthy is not cheap. No, and not cheap. And how can, how can someone that perhaps doesn't have, you know, the means and is as privileged. Yeah. Have a successful go at this because honestly, it's like just being at the food shop the other day and I'm like looking at, I was like, when did milk go up to four pounds? Like when did that happen? Like it's crazy. Like two, I was eating four pounds. It was more like three pounds something, but I'm like, when did that happen? 
No, I know. I mean, any sort of like fresh produce is so much more expensive than just going to a drive-thru. And I fully understand that. Um, there are practical ways such as when you buy frozen, like if you buy frozen veggies and frozen fruit and that kind of stuff, it's flash frozen at the peak of ripeness. So arguably it is perfectly fresh, right? So when, if you're take, if you're like, I can't afford fr uh, fresh vegetables, cause let's be real, they are wildly expensive. Get yourself some frozen. They tend to be way cheaper. Put those in a pan and cook them in a way that's going to taste good. Throw some like to easy tomato sauce on it, right? Then get some frozen chicken or some, fro that kind of stuff is still healthy. I think that we think, oh, if it's in the frozen section, it is not. And that's not the case. Or something like a canned bean, right? Making you feel so much better right now. I mean, listen, as a mom, like all I have time for sometimes is like, well, this vegetable bag is good. You know, like that's all we have time for. I buy frozen shrimp. I buy frozen stuff all the time because it's fast. It's easy. It's affordable. Let's be real. We're all on a budget and it's still healthy. So if you think that when you go and buy a frozen bag of broccoli that it's not healthy, you are fully wrong. Um, chicken broth is pretty cheap. So take what I love to a little like tip for friends. Um, if you take like a frozen bag of veggies, whatever, and you put some chicken broth or vegetable broth in it and you steam it, it like soaks up all of the goodness from the broth and it actually tastes really good. Like it doesn't have to be boring, you know? Well, I have to say after sitting by you, um, on Broadway and big fish in that dressing room, um, I, I will have to tell and share with the busy mumsy listeners that you are a meal prep gal. Right. You you love to compartmentalize and have all of that. Is there a strategy behind that? Do you find that with your clients, do you have them implement this type of lifestyle so that it allows them to understand portion control, AKA not the American restaurant size control? Oh my God, it's insane. Two different things. Those are two very different things. Oh, fully. And I think that we learn, oh, this is a portion. And it's like, wrong pass. Um, I do a lot of portion control. And in so in my program and with my clients in the beginning, it's a more structured thing. So I have them measure using spoons and, and stuff like that, measuring cups so that we can learn, oh, this is about four ounces of chicken or three ounces or whatever we decide that your portion is. Um, and then you start to see, oh, that's what my portion is. And then, you know, so you don't have to weigh and measure for the rest of your life. Um, we do a lot of, um, I do teach them practical meal prep if it fits into their life. So when I was on Broadway, it had to fit into my life. We were going, I mean, and you and I were just busier than the average person because we were covers for everything. So, you know, I didn't have time to make anything. I didn't have time to even go out to buy something. So I knew that I had to take 10, 15, 20 minutes of my day the night before and prepare. So if that's you, if you're really busy, not making an excuse of, oh, I don't want to do it thinking my future self will thank me. It's a big thing that I say, my future self will thank me. So right now, maybe I don't want to like make a little bit extra dinner and then take part of it away and put it into a container to take to work with me. But tomorrow I'm going to be really glad I did. So I do work on that with my clients. If that's something that they need, I think meal prepping is awesome. I realize it's not for everybody. So if it is for you, or you think that you might need it, just being really simple with being like either one of two things, making extra the night before of dinner and then taking that and bringing it to work the next day or um, taking, you know, two proteins, three vegetables, a couple of different sauces and fats, and then kind of mixing and matching them throughout the next four days or so, so that you have some prepared and then you can kind of 
figure it out as you go. But being prepared is key. Well, yeah, of course. But then also, how do you kind of bring this into like Sienna's life? And, you know, she's, she's nearing two and um, my goodness. And the fact that we're even going to discuss this, it's a real thing though. Nutrition for a child is so unbelievably important. And I, um, I have mom guilt, like mega moms when it comes to Adia and eating Mm -hmm. and she's not eating the broccoli like she should be. And like, she's not eating this like palette, this, I I, I call it the Instagram palette because the Instagram (laughs) palate is so inflated. Mm-hmm. And so see, you got bougie in your body. I got the Instagram palette. There we go, Cynthia. But like, seriously, though, like everything is so fancy and perfect and all of these ex- exotic meals for, for children, for toddlers. Mm-hmm. And I instantly go, oh my God, I failed. She loves a chicken nugget. I'm super oh stoked. She has like a noodle and like butter. And like, it is so challenging. Do you find that you are like, purposely and just kind of presenting to Sienna like more and more foods that you probably weren't as a child, but like just so that she's aware and like sees variety and feels and tastes variety. I try my best, but I will be honest, that girl will take a piece of anything green and pick it up and look at it and keep eye contact and then drop it on the floor. Like she, (laughs) she is not having it. And you know what? The thing that we can, we can try our best and we can like offer it, but we can't make them eat anything. And I think that as a mom, I have severe mom guilt. I am a, I am a nutrition coach and my kid is like downstairs eating chicken nuggets and French fries too. Like you, I think for me, it's like, get the calories in them. I just need her to eat. Um, I also want her to have a healthy relationship with food. That's a big one for me. So, and I think it really starts when they're little. So if, if she's sitting there and she's telling me she's done, then she's done. She knows her body. I'm not going to be like, no, you have to eat this. No, you have to eat this. Because that forms, in my opinion, it forms habits in her brain as a little little lady of, oh, I have to eat this or else I'm bad, right? I want her to know her hunger cues and full cues. You know, I I actually, I have to share this. And this is not my mom's fault because I, I I put no blame. I love my mother to pieces. <laughs> But, but we were we were also brought up in a different time. We were. I can remember in the 80s that my brother and I would sit there at the dinner table and she put the timer on because we were not allowed to leave the dinner table. And I was probably six, five, six, mm-hmm. seven. We were not allowed to leave the dinner table because if that meal still sat there, we were wasting food. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like this. We would sit, we would play, we'd be very naughty, so naughty. My like my brother and I were so naughty as kids. And I just can remember like then just eat, 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 just before the timer went off. And yeah. I actually, and and through therapy years later, I found that that was such a trigger that I had to learn in my relationship with food, because I used to binge and um was bulimic for for many a years. And I remember that my eating habit went really quick, like, like, like a thousand miles a minute. Like it was insane how quick it was because I can go back to when I was a kid and go, Oh, wow. That was, she didn't know. She didn't know. No, they're different. We're talking about the eighties. Yeah. And she loves you. And like, I think that that's what we have to understand as moms. Like we're only doing the best that we can. 
I know what I can control. It start young though. It does start young. I think though, it's still important to say that. And, and you're so rightfully insane. Like, yeah, you, you still gave her broccoli and she might throw it and just look at you. But right. like, you're so smart and saying though, like you're going to try. I offer her something green every single time and maybe she eats it one every two weeks. Like I'm not kidding. She doesn't, but I offer it. So she sees it and we play games. So I'll say, what, what color is that? Or how does that feel on your face? Like she'll pick up a piece of broccoli and put it on her face. And then what does it smell like? And she'll smell it. So if I, so I try to play like texture, color, like fun games with her to get her interested in it. She doesn't have to eat it, but at least she's acknowledging it. Um, she's going to always go for the chicken nuggets first. She's the girl loves a piece of pizza, like loves the carb. So happy for her. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm trying my best to like, we can, we can only do our best. And like, we might look back in 20, 30, 40 years and be like, wow, we were so wrong. But right now this is how I'm choosing to, you know, feed my child. And I'm hoping that it's, it's working my biggest thing is I just don't want her to have any sort of negative relationship to food. That's it. Or her body. So I'm very careful about what I say around her. Even now at 19 months, I'm very careful about how I talk about my body or how I eat. You know, she's always allowed to try. She always wants my food. So if I'm eating a salad, like she'll fully eat it, you know, cause she wants mine. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set examples for her now because I think I really do think it starts now. And I don't want her overhearing any negativity because it's something that I struggled with. And if I'm honest, like I still struggle with, you know, um, I think it's always there. And then also like, cause, cause you're working from home. So she's, mm-hmm. she's in earshot of, of, with clients. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, they are such sponges. I mean, Adia knows how to do a clam and a hairpin. Ah. I mean, she's in that high plank. She's like, boom, I'm in it. And yeah. there's, there's such little sponges. And so so to share that experience on one hand is a like such a glorious thing, right? To have your child there, but then also it's finding that balance because what I want to ask you is that, do you find with her seeing you on the computer, on the phone, mm-hmm. is, is she getting that negative kind of vibe now because you're connect, like you have to give your attention to that. And so now she's struggling that she doesn't have your attention completely. Oh my God. All the time. So, I mean, we have help. We have a, we have a, a nanny slash sitter come every day in the morning. And then I spend the afternoons with her. So it's really nice that I, I'm kind of work. I set my own hours, which is awesome. Um, she's always jealous. She always wants my full attention. And I have full mom guilt every single day of like, I can't believe I am not with her all the time. But I also think that like, as women, we deserve to have what, you know, we deserve to be a separate entity from our children. Um, I deserve to have a career. I deserve to be an independent person. I deserve to like take a shower on my own. You know what I mean? Like we have to, we, I think separate that separation is so important. And she, of course she wants me. Of course it breaks my heart when I pass her to the babysitter and she's just screaming mama. Like it breaks my soul every day. Or when I hear her crying downstairs because she fell or something and I'm on with the client and I hear it and I can't go downstairs. It breaks my soul. But I also know that it's building character and it's building trust within other people for her. And I am not the only person and I think it's healthy. Um, so I have mom guilt every single day. It's it's such a, a, a wild feeling to have. And yet we had this guilt pre-baby yeah. of ourselves to fit a certain mold. And now we have this other mold that we fill. And yet a sense of guilt is still there. Yeah. It's How, also like, huh? 
Yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's like we take our sense of guilt on ourselves and, and like the responsibility to be a perfect person ourselves, right? And then we have a baby and we put that on them and our responsibility to make them perfect. And I don't think that's a realistic expectation. I think we have to just say, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I, I like to pick things that are really, really important to me, like body image, like making sure that she's active, like making sure that we're reading books and things like that. Those things are important to me. I'm going to pick my battles when it comes to her food because she's she's a toddler. You know, she's going to she's going to get up from her chair and demand that she gets up. And if that's what she wants to do, then like I'm going to pick my battles with that. Um, but trying not to project our insecurities on our kids is so hard. So hard. Well, now that you are nearing the terrible twos, oh God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say, and I've said this many a times on the podcast, I, I, Adia was born in the terrible twos. Um, she, came out, she came out as a thunder, a roaring lion. And well, it is, Adia, so is what it is. But um, now that you're, you know, nearing into the terrible twos and, you know, all the new things and the other new milestones and all of that. What do you know now that my goodness has really given you maybe, I, I don't want to say a slap in the face, but a big old hug and a little shake and a little, hey, Cynthia, guess what? Th this is now reality. Like what was really shocking to you over the past, you know, year and a half um, of being a mom? You can't, I'm a planner. You've said this about me in the beginning. Like, I brought my food. I like, I was like, yes, let's induce me. I love the fact that I will like be having the baby at three o'clock. Like you two, right? We're planners. The second that I'm like, I got this, like she's napping. This is how she's doing it. They throw you a curveball. Like it's just constantly changing. And <laughs> if anything, it has taught me like, breathe, like pick your battle. They are a human. They are an autonomous human and we cannot control everything about them. Like you can look at all the sleep gurus and feeding gurus and be like, this is the way to do it. And quite frankly, the way that you're doing it, guys, anybody listening, the way that you are doing it is right. And I think that like understanding that they're going to do what they're going to do. You can set them up for success in the best ways that you can. But like sometimes you're just not going to do it. And like learning to be okay with that has been so hard because you know, I'll tell my husband, oh my God, I think, I think we like cracked the sleep thing. Like, I think she's doing it. And then she'll like, you know, refuse a nap and it's just got to be okay because she's not going to melt. Like she's going to be okay. She's got, my dad always says she's going to walk down the aisle. Like she'll be fine. Um, it's just like potty training. Like I I'm, I'm 41 years old. I, I learned how to potty train. I'm fine right. now. So Idea yeah. will learn how to go on the table. Yeah. Right. Will be fine. Yeah. And and now, Cynthia, for that expecting busy mumsy mm. out there that perhaps is having a bit of self-doubt in that body, in that mind, what would you pass the torch of wisdom to them to kind of take on their pregnancy journey? Like what, any sort of healthy tips, anything yeah. that really helped guide you through to, um, you know, into your delivery? Yeah. Um I think realizing that like what your body is doing right now is miraculous. You are creating a human being. You are create, like hear that, like you are creating your, our bodies are built to create life. The bounce back culture that we have is so toxic. I will be completely honest. And I'm sure you can relate, Ashley. Like my body is not the same as it was before, nor will it ever be. And that has to be okay. I think we look at Instagram and we look at social media and we're like, oh, right after I had my baby and these women are like walking around with abs and you're like, 
that might just be your body composition. And I'm like, so happy for you, but that's also not very nice to share all the time. So I think staying in your lane, realizing that your job right now is to bring this child into the world and be as healthy as you can be for them and you, and realize that when that baby is delivered, you're not going to be the same person as you were before. Even if you already have a kid, your second kid is going to make you different, right? So just knowing that like, a mother is born too. I think that we're like, oh, when's the baby born? When's the baby born? But like, guys, like we're we're new too. Like a mother is born. And I think realizing that like, you're not going to be the same person. Your body's going to be different. You're going to have different ways of living your life, right? And that's just got to be okay. And you're beautiful and perfect. And that baby looks at you like you are the absolute world. You are their whole world. So if you're walking around and you're like having a little bit of extra pounds on you or, you know, your jeans aren't fitting the same, all that baby sees is the light of their life. And I think that that really is something that I try to hold on to every day. Well, that was absolutely beautifully said and wisdom that, you know, any any mom, any dad that like go, even they go through body changes as well. And anyone that just kind of needs to hear that, that, you know, it's it's not you know, the social media society can, you know, can gently have my middle finger. Well, I need, I, I'm the one that's living my life, right? My, my 24 hours a day, not, you know, yes. not that whole square. So it's, um, that was beautiful wisdom, uh, my dear Cynthia Link. And thank you so much for joining me on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Honestly, my pleasure. It's so lovely to chat with you. It really is. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.